0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason
1: and may not be suitable for all audiences.
0: In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon
1: common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris very interesting topic I want to bring to you today, something that you've probably heard little tidbits floating around in your travels about this idea of a spiritual war. What exactly does it mean? What exactly are we looking at? It sounds kind of spooky, kind of magnificent, I guess. I don't know if that's the best word. Cataclysmic, maybe. What the heck is going on? People think that we're going to, uh, you know, see Christ come uh, uh, rumbling across the, the clouds, uh Riding on his horse, right? And they think that that's right around the corner. Maybe it is. Who knows? You should prepare yourself for that, too. Uh, I'm not so sure. But I am fairly certain that we are in a spiritual war. I tend to believe that we always are. It's just a matter of what the stage is, what stage of that, um, that war we're in. And I you could probably use a different word. We don't have to use war for everything. Conflict, struggle, the struggle of humanity. Would that be better? This is the struggle of humanity. This is what I know. This is what I know. Just looking at the facts, take the emotion, the verbiage, the ad- adjectives, whatever, out of it. We're living in a world where chaos and darkness reign. All the news is negative. People are feeding on it. They wake up addicted to it. When's the war starting? I don't know. But I want to go down this, this uh, very thought-provoking journey with you, and I want to explore this debate a little bit that basically is challenging the very essence of human existence, if you think about it. The question being, is free will an illusion? Talk to you about that a little bit. They're going to question everything that you believe. Are we just uh, some kind of pawns here in some kind of game of chance? You can make the argument from a religious uh, angle of this. I'm going to give you the truth in all this. Right now what we have is the blind leading the blind, Right? And you know, I'm going to tell you, that's not a good thing. It's bad for all of us. We're living in a world of good and evil. There's always good and evil. That's the human struggle, that's the worldly struggle. But now the stakes seem higher than ever, potentially. Talks of nuclear war, starvation, all kinds of wars going on. But we're going to take this and bring it back to reality where it really matters. So, with that, let me begin. And this will all make a little bit more sense here. But I want to play a little video, uh, audio for you. It's in a video, but you're going to hear it, not uh, see it, obviously. But you don't need to see it. This is a guy getting pulled over for a uh, DUI. And um, let me play it here, and then I'll discuss with you how it's uh, relevant to this discussion. Uh, do you know why I pulled you over? Do you
0: know why I pulled you over? Uh.
1: So he says. uh, The cop says, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" He says, "Uh, "Because I was at the stop sign for too long." Yeah. Why were you just sitting there? Uh, Why were you just sitting there? He says to him. I was just waiting for it to turn green. Uh, He's waiting for the stop sign to turn green. Uh, I've heard people tell similar stories. You may know what's going on here, but let's just play it. I'm headed home. Where are you headed, the cops? I'm headed home. This is great. Listen. Okay, where do you live? Where do you live? I live with my parents. With my parents. Okay. Okay, where do you parents live? Uh, they live with me. Okay. You live with your parents. Where do your parents live? Well, they live with me. Okay, where do you all live? We all live together. <laughs> where do you all live? Oh, we all live together. Not how do you live, buddy. Where do you live? Okay, so
0: where's your house? That's next to my
1: neighbor's house. <laughs> where's your neighbor's house? Next to my neighbor's house. You hey, where's your
0: neighbor's house? Who
1: would not believe me if I told you? Oh Try me. God, next to my house. <laughs> <laughs> he says, okay, where's your neighbor's house? You wouldn't believe me if I told you? Try me. Next to my house. <laughs> Why do I play this in the context of all this? I thought it was funny. Because it sounds like our congressional representatives answering our questions. What about the stolen election? I'm an election denier. When, when just a few years earlier, they were spewing the same rhetoric. And this is the leadership that we have. It's like two drunks answering questions. I've said this before. You ever listen to two drunks arguing and you just walk away shaking your head? I was just talking to a buddy of mine, he doesn't drink. He says, "Eh, it's not really fun for me to go out with people that are drinking. I say, well, I know exactly what you mean. It's not any fun to be the one guy who's who's not part of the party, right? The blind leading the blind, that's what we have. These babbling idiots in both parties selling us on a bunch of garbage. On any given day, you can find this party saying something that the other party just said the other day. They flip, flop, and flip, and flop, and keep everybody confused. The bottom line is that none of them know a doggone thing, very few of them anyway. And it's like the blind leading the blind. And what's the saying on that? Biblical, at least from the King James Version, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. I've often said that the Bible is as practical as it is spiritual. This is what we see now. I'm not a reader of the King James Bible, by the way, in case you were wondering. Not that I have a problem with it, I guess. I never really read it. That's all. It's just not something I gravitated to. Anyway, where are we at here? Let me just check on a little something here because I noticed a little reading not right. I'll be right back. You won't notice I'm gone. Nope. Everything looks okay. Actually, the microphone levels looked off. And I've had that happen where somehow like I guess I click or something and the microphone levels are off. Well, it's a little bit of a booger for me to go back and edit that since I don't know what I'm doing with audio editing because I don't really do any editing. We just talk. Anyway, two drunks babbling, where do you live next to my neighbor? Where do your neighbors live? You ain't going to believe this. Try me right next to me. Get out of town. <laughs> what does the cop do with that? Hmm? The cop never at any point said, what's the address? Maybe he was just playing along. What does all this mean? What am I trying to say? Something that you already know, something I've said many times. We do not have good leadership. We do not have good representation. We do not have people that can think for themselves. We do not have people that can set a vision and know how to rally people around it. All they know how to do is argue, bicker, and destroy. That's it. Like two drunks. Do you think the two drunks, name one thing magnificent that two drunks have ever put together. I mean, one thing great that's ever come out of that conversation. Nothing, ever. You know, uh, a good brother of mine came out from Indiana. He's had some business to take care of out here in Philadelphia and came to visit with me. I am spending a little bit more time with him, but I went out and uh, hung out with him the other night. And what I wanted to tell you about that is uh, I came home from meeting with him. My wife said, how was it? And I said, it was life-giving. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, never mind. <laughs> I just didn't feel like getting into it. And I don't know if you weren't there, you know, how you would understand what I mean. But here's what I meant. The, these guys that uh, I served with, you know, in, in different ways. I don't want to make it sound like some bing kumbaya because, you know, there's personalities and conflicts. But that's not really why I brought it up. The point is that the, these men that I served with are men that I respect. I respect the way they think. I respect the way they act. I know them. They're not perfect men any more than I'm perfect. I didn't say that. I didn't say, oh, we a bunch of perfect men over here. never said that. But it, at least men that, that had a backbone that could stand up and stand for something, that could think for themselves, that were willing to work hard and go do something, to go do something good for the good of the, the good of the core, the good of the community. Everybody today, it's just me, 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 me. So selfish and ungrounded and anything meaningful. It's all become so diluted that it's all just garbage, even affecting our own military today. And it's why I sit down for a dinner. I end up talking to them for like three hours. I don't talk to anybody for three hours. My attention spans about 50 minutes max. Three hours later, we pull away. I think to myself, wow, wow, I can't respect people less than that. I just don't. Weak people, weak-minded, weak thinkers. My buddy, he was listening, he drove out from Indiana. He was listening to the podcast on the way out. He said, don't make fun of me for my soft hands. Some of you remember me with my rant on the soft hands. That came out of my observation of that fat General Miley. I can't stand fat generals. Don't trust a fat general ever. How do you stand there and, and, and represent a corps when you're such a slob that you can't even take care of yourself, let alone hundreds of thousands of men potentially? Oh, let me expect all of you to be disciplined while I sit here with my fat gut hanging over my belt. And I say this to you not because I'm Charles Atlas over here, but I'm not the Marine Corps Commandant either. I'm not the, the choice the Joint Chiefs of Staff like Miley or whatever position he held. With his little soft hands and his pale skin and his fat gut. And I'm supposed to believe that that guy is some kind of warrior? I don't see that. I see the Pillsbury Doughboy, probably locked up in a closet, addicted to pornography if I had to guess. Bet me on that. Bet me on that. I don't respect these people. They're lying to you. They're deceiving you. They're ruining our country. What is the result of all this? The tyranny. And you're going to see how ugly it gets. Listen to this. I want to show you something. This is coming out of Israel, a little bit different than the war crying Listen to this.
0: Israel is in English because I want to describe uh, you, the people of the world, what's been going on now in Israel. I want to describe you. Uh, the life of a non-vaccinated people, a person in Israel Today. So we are the people in in Israel feel that one day, one day, we woke up uh, to a nightmare. Our life has been destroyed. We woke up to a nightmare which we have been kidnapped by our own government and which sold us to be guinea pigs uh, to an experimental vaccine that they want us to. You know, they want us to, to donate, uh, to give up our bodies and our souls uh, with no questions. We have become the biggest clinical trial uh, of a vaccine in history, in a scale of entire country. Imagine that. Usually, when you volunteer to an experiment, you have the right to say no, to agree or not to agree but here, nobody asked us. Nobody asked us. They let us feel that it's not right and it's not okay uh, to do um, what you want to do as a person. And if you don't participate in this uh, uh, um, um, vaccine kind of... Uh, you know, uh, trial, Uh, so you are a criminal. You are actually a criminal in your own country. This is crazy. The Israeli government, terrorist organizations, and forced people to join, and this experimental vaccine whose future is unknown, is unknown, and his medical results are still in the fog, okay? They are lying in the media.
1: Listen carefully to what's being said here. This doesn't just apply to vaccines, and it's not just Israel. This has become the way of the, quote, Western world, Europe, Israel, Australia, America, taking away people's rights without any choice. That's not a republic. That's not a democracy. And nothing even close to any representation of that. Listen to what she said. I always said this to you. The difference between free countries is not, is the free countries are the ones that you can leave. And when they stopped allowing people to leave, what happened? Everybody lost their freedom. But it's not just with the with the vaccine. Look at the illegal immigration. I don't have the clip here for you. There's only so much I can show. I'm not going to keep playing this Israeli clip. This is my show, not her show. Um, but I think you got the idea. I had a clip of uh, in Chicago. Uh, some Chicago City Council person went out to do a you know community field. I want to go ahead and talk to you about this uh, migration center. We need to talk. We need to have a dialogue. No, she wasn't having a dialogue. That's the, that's the words of the enemy. Let's have a dialogue. Transpa- All of a sudden, dialogue and transparency start coming up. She says, I want to appeal to them. the people. Brown-skinned people. There was no whites that I saw were revolting against this detention center in their community. They don't want it. Her response was, these people are responding to misinformation. They just don't understand. Oh, they understand Clearly. They understand clearly. And she says, oh, I represent the people of this district. She's lying, absolutely lying, that she's going to go along with with some other word from some other uh, community, some national center telling her, no, no, this is good for your community, when it clearly isn't. The same with the vaccine. The same with the solar panels. The same with electric cars. The same with taking away stoves. All these different things. I was like, oh, it's going to be better. It's going to be great. I was thinking about this the other day. I drove my wife's car out to see my buddy, ironically. And it's got one of these doggone auto shutoff things in it. And every time I get in a stinking car... Of course, I don't think about it because I didn't drive like that. Then we come to the first light, the doggone car shuts off, not because I shut it off, but because they decided to shut it off because somehow they know better than I do when the car should be on and should be off. You see what I'm saying? And I thought to myself, this represents everything that we're talking about, that I can't even decide when the car is going to be on and off, that they know better than me. So I turn the thing off and I say to myself, how much did we pay for that feature to be in this car? Uh, you say, well, it's just a little button. Oh, is it really? I don't think so. I think there's a lot more to it than that built into the price of the car. Forced onto them because of emission standards that are going to be better for us, right? That's a, bet, This is to protect you. We're going to force you to buy this auto shutoff that's going to drive you nuts. This is the world we're living in. I don't know why I'm so worked up. I don't know. Let me get to that. Let me get to the meat of the, there's Oh yeah, there's more. I'm just getting warmed up. I want to talk about this um, article here. My glasses need a little need some glasses here to get into this material. Just hold on, all right. My my brain sponges here. Can't see anything. I'm like blind as a bat. I used to take great pride in my 2015 vision, open sights. I could shoot a snot out of your nose at 500 yards. Now I can't see my own hand in front of my face. Long gone are the days of the great warrior, I guess. Thank God. Stanford Science. you got to listen to this. Stanford Scientist. I didn't get into any doing any great research on Stanford. What would I find? Another garbage uh, terrorist breeding college, if I had to guess. What are the chances? Another enemy of the state, like Harvard. The, you know what? Let me tell you something. Harvard, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, uh, what's the other one, ACLU, these are all terrorist organizations no different than Hamas. They, they launch political and, and economic uh, uh, terrorism across our country, social terrorism, conflict with each other based on false ideas and things that we don't want in our country. And here we go. We're going to double down on it. Thanks to you. This was the fun. this is amazing to me. This Stanford scientist writes a book. And then I see this article in the LA Times and I think this is phenomenal. How come uh, how come I write a book and nobody gives a crap? Not the LA Times, not the LA nothing. Why does this guy get this this propaganda, right? Why does he get this uh this um these doors open for him? Ah, well then I get down and I see Sapolsky, That's the author's name. This uh this guy from Stanford, Saplosky all right, um, is a MacArthur Genius Grant winner. Well, I looked into this Genius Grant winning such uh, as we talk here. And basically, this organization, you don't have to apply. They go out and seek out people. They give them money to basically support them for a few years that they can go and do their work without any economic concerns. I say, ooh, I wonder who's putting the money behind that. It's coming from this MacArthur group. I didn't get a chance to dig into that more. Maybe you can, but I'm highly suspect. Just, you know, they're pumping money into this Stanford scientist. What, what is this guy's credentials? He looks like Jerry Garcia. Like, oh, yeah, look at Look at like like some kind of Yoda. I beg to differ. I don't trust this guy as far as I could throw him. He says, after studying humans and primates for 40 years, Soplosky has concluded that many factors beyond our control influence our choices and behaviors. He says leaving free will to be negligible in any context. This guy wrote this book out of Stanford, funded by this MacArthur organization, so that he could kick back for a few years and write this book and then have the money to go out and and do the PR to push it out and, and, and have people read it. And here we are talking about it. And he's saying, there's no free will. You don't believe that. And he's basing this on epilepsy. And here comes the little bit of truth. Before epilepsy was understood to be a neurological condition, people believed it was caused by the moon or by phlegm in the brain. They condemned seizures as evidence of witchcraft or demonic possession. And often these people that had epilepsy were killed or castrated to prevent them from passing on tainted blood to a new generation. So, boo hoo, right now we appeal to your emotions. Oh! used to be that, you know, years ago, those, those, those dumb ancients, those barbaric ancients, they would, they would kill or castrate people with epilepsy to stop it from continuing. Because they didn't understand it, all right? And basically, the author's making this argument that there's involuntary actions. That's the argument, the basis for his thesis, all right? His, what he's saying here is a theory, not a fact. Make sure you understand that. They put the name Stanford and Scientist and and, and MacArthur on this, and all of a sudden, ooh, ooh, ooh. No, it's a bunch of bunk. No, the ancients didn't understand. I think they did. I think they understand it better. He says, today we know epilepsy is a disease. Oh, thank goodness. True enough, right? By and large, it's accepted that a person who causes a fatal traffic accident while in the grip of a seizure should not be charged with murder. Again, a little bit of truth. Let me ask you this, though. If a person has epilepsy and their driver's license is taken away for medical reasons, such as a CDL driver, did you know that if you're a CDL driver, if you drive a tractor trailer, and you have to take a, um, if you want to drive uh, out of the state, you have to have a, A Physical every year, might be every other year now. I don't know, but you have to have a physical. And a couple of the main things they're checking for are diabetes can't drive, can't be a CDL driver. You have diabetes, you can go into a diabetic coma and you just pass out at the wheel. I've seen it happen, it's very nasty, and the vehicle doesn't always stop. Um, and it's hard to know what's going on, drug you know, immediately know. So, if you have epilepsy and you go to get your medical card for your CDL, they're not going to let you keep driving. Now, I would believe that if you're driving the truck and you have an epileptic incident and people are injured, you know, maybe you wouldn't be charged because, you know, an accident. But if you do know that you have epilepsy and you still get behind the wheel of that truck and you go kill people, is it then murder? Yes, it is. Okay? So this argument even that he puts in here is is not complete. Okay? But let's just go with his argument a second. That you have involuntary reactions, right? You don't tell yourself to breathe. You couldn't even stop breathing if you wanted to. You could hang yourself, I suppose. You could force it. But if they just said stop breathing until you pass out, very few people could do that. Maybe one in a million. Okay? So they say you don't have any free will. You're gonna, you, your own body is going to force you to breathe against your will. Okay? So no free will, no responsibility is the bridge that he just went. On. He said, yeah, you know, listen. You have epilepsy. We know it's a disease. We know it's a disease. You can't be held responsible for that. Oh really? He says that this is progress. Oh, but there's still a long way to go. What does that mean? Oh, I know exactly what it means. It means, for example, that drug addiction is a disease, not a choice. That people that are addicted, they have no choice. They have free will. It's just mapped into their DNA, that they're they're only going to end up being a drug addict. It's not their fault. And so, therefore, if they're on drugs and they kill, rape, steal, it's not their fault. It's it's the drug's fault, which is caused by the disease, which they have no control over. And just like the driver, you can't charge them, but you can't charge anybody. And hell, they're not, right? Pedophilia, ah, they're just wired differently. It's not their control. It's the way they were born. How about spousal abuse? Clearly mental illness. He had no control over his arm. What person? No personal responsibility at all is what he's arguing. He says after more than 40 years studying humans, humans and other primates. Oh, so now we're animals. He's reached the conclusion, albeit a false conclusion, that virtually all human behavior is as far beyond our conscious control as the convulsions of a seizure, the division of cells, or our beating hearts. that Everything is just random chance. This means accepting. This is his words. This means accepting that a man who shoots into a crowd has no more control over his fate than the victims who happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It means treating drunk drivers who barrel into pedestrians just like drivers who suffer a sudden heart attack and veer out of their lane. This world is really screwed up and made much, much more unfair by the fact that we reward people and punish people for things they have no control over, Saplosky says. We've got no free will. Stop attributing stuff to us that isn't there. That's according to Stanford neurobiologist Robert Saplosky. MacArthur Genius Grant winner. I beg to differ. I really do. He has a follow-up book, Determined. Determined goes a step further. (laughs) If it's impossible for any single neuron or any single brain to act without influence from factors beyond its control, Sapolsky argues there can be no logical room for free will. Many people with even a passing familiarity of human biology can comfortably agree with this, up to a point. We know we make worse decisions when hungry. See, this is where they, this is the psychology of the dog. This is is the Obama technique. I know, I know there's people out there clutching to their Bible, and they're going to say to me, no, no, we've got free will. It says it in my Bible. I would say to you, and this is, I'm going to switch to Saplosky, here's the argument. And we know that's not true. We know that you simply don't have free will. You, as an example, you're, you're a shop. What do they say? Don't go food shopping when you're hungry. And this is why. You don't have free will. This is the Obama psychology. He says, we know we make worse decisions when hungry, stressed, or scared. We know our physical makeup is influence, influenced by the genes inherited from distant ancestors and by our mother's health during pregnancy. What is this nonsense? Abundant evidence indicates that people who grew up in homes marked by chaos and deprivation will perceive the world differently and make different choices than people raised in safe, stable, resource-rich environments. A lot of important things are beyond our control. I want to tell you something right now. This statement right here. I grew up with a lot of trauma in my early years. Uh, The death of my mother at a young age, divorce of my parents, very chaotic, at times violent, growing up in the hood, getting in trouble, being exposed to things. I didn't grow up in the suburbs. I didn't grow up in Upper Marion, Lower Marion down there. I wasn't down on the main line, never. I had one pair of shoes. We never went on vacation. There was times we had oatmeal for dinner. I've seen a lot, okay? Not as much as some but I've seen a lot. I've seen the values in my own parents, and I've made a conscious decision that everything good about them I wanted to emulate. And everything that I felt that wasn't perfect, I wanted to do better. I never judged them. I never blamed them for any of my failures at all, despite all that. I love both my parents amazingly. They did great things for me. I'm so thankful for the way they raised me. But it was hard. And my point about that is I trust the people coming out of the hood far before I trust those idiots down on the main line with their phony college degrees and their fake leased vehicles. I don't know how you can believe anything coming out of these colleges and universities, these woke idiots. And I apologize to the good people with college degrees like my son that can think for themselves. But it's a scary proposition these days, what's going on the way people are thinking. You come from Stanford? You tell me you're from Stanford? I want to have a little talk. Because you can tell me, if I shoot you, it's not my fault. Yeah, I don't think I want to be around you. Is this everything he says? We have no meaningful command over our choice of careers, romantic partners, or weekend plans? If you reach out right now and pick up a pen, was that even insignificant action somehow preordained? He says yes, both in the book and to countless students who have asked the same questions during his office hours. What the student experiences as a decision to grab the pen is pre- preceded by a jumble of complete, competing impulses beyond his or her conscious control. Maybe uh, their interest is heightened because they skipped lunch. Maybe they're subconsciously triggered by the professor's resemblance to an irritating relative. They look at the forces that brought them to the professor's office, feeling empowered to challenge a point. They're more likely to have had parents who themselves were college educated, more likely to hail from individualistic culture than, rather than a collective one. All of those influences subtly nudge behavior in predictable ways. Really? I agree with that. I would say to you, God is in control. If God is good, if we want to be good, don't we want to emulate that behavior? Don't we want to say that God is in control of all things ultimately? But how about this? It says it right in the Bible. Don't we choose largely what we're exposed to? Like this nonsense from this professor? He goes on to cite more evidence. You may have had the uncanny experience of talking about an upcoming camping trip with a friend, only to find yourself served with ads for tents on social media later. He says, your phone didn't record your conversation. (laughs) Even if that's what it feels like. He says, it's just the collective record of your likes, clicks, searches, and shares that paint such a detailed picture of your preferences and digital making that the algorithm can determine that you like tense. That's a bunch of crap. Absolute crap. By the way, uh, I saw here a report of 95 alleged incidents of plagiarism in this book. Sapolsky was raised... As an Orthodox Jew housed in household in Brooklyn, the son of immigrants from the former Soviet Union. Biology called to him early. By grade school, he was writing fan letters to primologists and lingering in front of taxidermy gorillas of the American Natural. This guy was probably groomed, a Soviet spy, groomed to go out there in the Soviet in the into the Stanford, and then they pay him to sit there and write this book to convince everybody that somehow what you see going on is okay when it's not. It's not at all okay. I um I want to tell you, this is the new religion that we see. And I don't know if I can make sense of this, this spiritual war, okay? What's this new religion? Well, think about it. The new religion, you see, everything about this woke, right? That's the new religion, the woke. And I realize that's pretty broad, this liberal woke thinking. Even good liberals and the good Democrats like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on here? This isn't right. I saw an interview, they asked asked the Democrat, how many genders are there? The Democrat says two. Oh, you're a right-wing loony. What are you talking about? I'm a registered Democrat, the guy says. What's going on with all this? I'm going to tell you. This woke, it is something completely different than any religion. Think about it. I've said this to you before. There is no religion on the planet that supports LGBTQIA. None. It's a religion of its own. How can that be? Why would it be? Ah. What does the enemy want? Chaos and confusion, conflict. And look at what's happening. A good friend of mine stopped by Friday night. He says, you know what? We better stop Hamas now, because if we don't, first they'll take out Israel, and then we're next. Perhaps that's the struggle. But is that practically true? Is there some uh existential threat that we have because of Muslims? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of you believe it to be the case, but what if you look back at the reality? If you look back at my lifetime, Christians have killed many more Muslims than the other way around. Reported from Russia, who knows if it's true, that there was a million civilian deaths because of the Iraq war. That being the case, if it's true, you tell me. You tell me who should be scared. Now, there's a lot more to this story, as you know, but here's my point. The enemy... Once Muslims, Christians, Jews, Buddhists, Hindus, once all of us fighting with each other, right? And you have it. You have uh, Buddhists fighting with Hindus on the China-Indian border. You have Muslims and Christians and Christians and Buddhists with America and, and China and, and America and Israel and Muslims and Palestinians hating Jews. And then the, the woke crowd, they say, oh, and look what they do. They're supporting both sides, talking out of both sides of their slippery little mouths. Because they're not on any of these sides. They're on a whole different side, a new side. And it's that side. And I think what many world leaders, such as Putin, I don't trust Putin. I don't worship Putin. I don't trust them at all. But I think he realizes that for the world to be a peaceful place, that we have to respect these national cultures and boundaries. That may be difficult if you want to try and live in a global world where you're sharing these different things. But the reason that you see the woke liberals sitting so smug, no Speaker of the House, they just continue to have their way. Why? Because of the conflict that we have with each other. They're taking away free will with lots of people giving it up freely because they're being fooled. <clears throat> this is why it's so important that you be able to think for yourself. Don't listen to me. I don't know smack. It's not. I'm not here to tell you how to think, what to think. People say, I don't disagree. I don't care. I don't care. I don't expect everybody to agree with me. I tell you this before. I'm working through thoughts and ideas at times. Some things I feel strongly about. Some things I can tell you. I've been studying that for a long time. I feel very confident in this. Other times I say to you, I don't know. Okay? I don't know everything. I don't come out here trying to be Mr. All-Knowing. I know everything, anything about anything. The whole purpose of me to get you to think. Take a look at what's going, around, going on around you. And you have to find the truth. You have to be able to think for yourself. You have to take responsibility for your own life. It's the only way to live free. It's hard. I'm talking to my buddy. He wants to go buy 20 acres and have a farm out on that thing. I say, do you understand what you're committing yourself to? Yep. Yep. But it's better than what I have now, he says. You know, uh, Monday, last Monday, maybe I told you this. I took the day off. Depl- unplugged, more or less. I couldn't completely, of course. Left my phone inside. 7.30 in the morning, I went outside. Got my hedge trimmers, and I was out trimming all day. I probably told you about it. I was out there till 5.30. I took breaks, drank a lot of water, took a little break for lunch. But otherwise, I was out there, 7.30 to 5.30, busting my butt. I didn't want to stop. I was beat up. By the time I got done, my wife says, you keep coming up the stairs. You keep going slower, slower. I'm, like, I'm pretty beat. I'm tired. But it felt good. It felt so good to be out in the fresh air with the sun shining on my face, working my body, working my mind. I went down to grab some breakfast this morning, grab a little breakfast sandwich down at the local convenience store. Not something I know. Eh, we do go out to breakfast, grab breakfast sandwich. It was odd that I go to the convenience store. I was in a hurry. And there was an old guy in front of her. He couldn't understand. Not that old. Maybe a few years older than me, 60 maybe. I'm call myself an old guy. Very difficult. Lazy thinker. Now, I don't know. Maybe he's got an illness. I don't judge. But I see a lot of lazy people out there. They never took any, made any effort in their life, never made any physical effort, never made any mental effort, never made any effort to improve themselves, never challenged themselves, never pushed themselves. Always took the easy way in everything. And then they turn 60, and they're mush, and I have no respect for it. I don't have to. They say, respect your elders. Well, I'm 52, about to be 53. Close enough. I don't have to respect anything. I don't respect it. People in this country that have let themselves go and turned their backs on our churches, our communities, their own families in many cases— I have no respect for it. Everything that we see going on in this country is a result of that lack of effort, lack of, of self-control, lack of personal responsibility. And this idiot, he can write as many words as he wants. It's all lies. And you will never get anything meaningful out of that way of thinking. You will turn around and you will say, what now for my life? You go read the book and ask yourself, what now? You'll sit in a chair and do nothing and be nothing, and you won't be happy. You'll be miserable. You'll be miserable. You'll question your sexuality. You'll do every drug you can find. You'll burn yourself in videos and this is what we see happening every day from children to adults and you wonder why the country is a mess and that's why that's the spiritual war a government funded on fiat money pushing division amongst the religion pushing division amongst the other nations and it's backfiring completely backfiring this is the spiritual war, my friends. The answer for you is the Bible, the sunlight, and tenacity. I'm telling you. Listen, before I let you go, I know that was a lot today. I'll let you digest it. I got a little worked up indeed. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we'll do a little follow-up to it. Before I let you go, um, I don't know if you noticed that the news headlines have been eliminated across social media. I'm not a big social guy. I only post on Gab. I do have a Twitter account, but I don't post. I'm not a blue check person on there or whatever. I may get off it. I don't know. I'm kind of not even really sure I'm going to stick with Gab, to tell you the truth. There's a lot of risk in social media, and I've told you guys, get off it. Get off it. Reduce your digital footprint now, I'm telling you. Uh, Mine is too broad, even. Um, Anyway, let me stick with the point. Um, News headlines gone from social media. They don't want the truth out there. Canada is licensing podcasts. I discussed this with you. Google, I got to notice, Google podcasts going away. They're saying now, put it on YouTube. What does that mean? This means it's going to run through the YouTube censorship uh, AI. And I, I used to post videos on YouTube. I had to stop. They started flagging. This is stuff that, you know, not radical stuff. They flag it. They take it down. They've essentially completely shadow banned my YouTube account. I can't get any views on it. It won't get any views on it. Um, Friday's podcast. Hopefully you got a chance to listen to it. The title was "Good Do Good People Start Endless Wars. I couldn't get the thing to post. Twice I had to go in there and reload it. This never happened like this before. And then finally came up way late. What does that tell me? It got hung up. Somebody had to do a manual review that the AI filter shut that thing down. Why? What was in that part? I was basically praying for peace. My point is this. It's getting harder and harder to do this type of content and put it out on a podcast. Uh, it's part of the reason why I've gone down to the three days a week. Very small part of it, but a part of the reason, um, you know, it's just become to the point where I don't know that this particular medium is going to um, be worthwhile of investing my time in basically Uh, it's not long story short. Uh, I'm not discontinuing the podcast. It's not where I'm going. The Point is, I need to continue to adapt. I do have some ability to do that where I can post audio directly and people have to come to the website, not to a podcast player. That changes a lot of things for sure. I hope it doesn't go that route, but that's the backup plan. Um, to that end, if you want to stay connected to the podcast or something like that ever happens, uh, they want to sign up for my email list at ChristopherScottShow.com. Um, we'll see where all that leads us. No change is coming. I'm just keeping you posted that for an independent podcaster, it's getting harder and harder. They are censoring podcasts. Uh, I saw this coming. Sooner or later, it will come under the rules of radio, and you'll you'll continue to see that they'll continue to clamp down. down. Uh, but we'll continue to adapt as needed. Uh, I can see that the content of the podcast, though, is going to have to continue to evolve. The Christopher Scott show that you hear today will not likely be the one that you hear tomorrow. Um, Well, not tomorrow, tomorrow, but you know what I mean. Um, All right, that being aside, I'm also excited to tell you uh, I'm working on a great new project. I've mentioned a new book that I have coming soon. Uh, The internal editing is done. I think it's ready to go to the editor and get prepped for publishing. I was hoping to have it out for Christmas. We'll see. Not looking good right now. Um, but probably after the new year we'll do do the book I'm, I'm thinking um, I'm not going to rush it I'm trying to set this up and that book is going to be the basis for a new project that I have coming I'll keep you posted on all that I just wanted to let you know that it's progressing well I'm very excited about it and I think you may like it too God willing I'll be back on Wednesday sure hope to see you there in the meantime make it a great day